Welcome to For the Love of Books, Bees Books Edition, a podcast by North Lancashire Libraries. Hello, this is Barry. And this is Jenny. And we're here to talk about Bees, bees Books. books. Th- th- this time I wanted to like try out. <laughs> because every time you've introduced Bees Books, I've always yeah. felt like jumping in like it sounds like, you know, one of those old timey cartoon catchphrases. <laughs> no, I quite like that. Yeah. So I caught you completely <laughs> by surprise, which is, you know, sometimes it's, it helps to keep the relationship it fresh. Does, yes. <laughs> so the theme that B gave us today feels particularly apt for today's weather because it feels like proper autumn has it come when we're recording. Yes. I had a real struggle getting out of bed today. <laughs> so it's definitely getting that time of year when we want to turn into polar bears and hibernate. Yeah, and what what is it? Uh, in a couple of Sundays, it's going to get darker because the, the clocks, clocks change. Uh-huh. Something happens. So, I, you know, in India, this doesn't happen. We don't oh. have daylight savings time. So when I came here, it was the first time that I had ever encountered it. And it feels a bit like magic to me. It is magic. Yes. yes. Strange magic. Uh-huh. Yes. And I don't know quite know how it works. But I'm just <laughs> like, yes, we have lost an hour. Yes, we have gained an hour. I like this one though because it's backwards so you get an night shower in bed. Oh do you? Whereas in the spring it's forward and you kind of feel as if you've lost something. But here it's like you're being sort of prepped for the darkness that is to come. So like ooh extra hour in bed and then it's dark <laughs> all the time yes. which which is a great time for the theme that B gave us which is something spooky <laughs> nice <laughs> we're, so, we're full of surprises today so this one like I'm not usually a spooky no. book reader or a spooky movie watcher mm-hmm. but I, it's something about this time of year that I, I want to get into the mood like with Christmas uh-huh. you want to read festive things I've over the last couple of years, I've been trying and reading spooky things. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, first I want to find out what your book is. Okay, so I'm the same. I'm not a big, scary movie type person. So I went down the classic route. Ooh. And I chose The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, um, which I didn't know was actually a short story, not a full book. So it's only like that many pages. Oh. Um, and it's one of those ones I think everybody kind of knows the general story. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been so many adaptations. But actually reading it was a wee bit different. Um, so I'm interested to, to tell you about that. I can't wait. But I want to know what you chose. Well, I've chosen two books mm. and a podcast. Excellent. I can't f- remove the podcast out with the flourish, but I do have my spooky book of bags. Ooh. Spooky bag of books. <laughs> So my first book is called Through the Woods. Oh, that's so pretty. By Emily Carroll. And I know you're not like a super graphic novel person, Mm -hmm. but this is the book that I think I first read a few years ago. I borrowed it from like a library actually. And it's just, I'm just going to show you and for people who are listening and are interested, they can look for pictures online Mm -hmm. because it's full. But look at how creepy and beautiful it is. It is very creepy. Yeah, but and it's very pretty. It like it looks really atmospheric uh-huh. and gothic, and that's kind of what it is. So it's a sto- it's a collection of five stories, five short stories, and this was her debut novel. So it's about like it was in two thousand fourteen. Um, so, but it still feels really fresh because of you know it's it's like kind of like fairy tale adaptations, but not really. But you recognize a little bit of 
Grim Brothers, a little bit of Neil Gaiman, a little bit of Stephen King, gothic sort of. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a mishmash of this, and just her beautiful and really creepy drawings as well. From the cover straight away, I had a little red riding hood pop into mm-hmm. my head. Yeah, um, yeah. I can see it's kind of a spooky foresty type yeah um so all the five stories they're set in or around woods so like the forest does play a role so that's the sort of umbrella framework but you can kind of sense like different um influences Mm -hmm. in this and it's just it's just a really spooky perfectly spooky story like book i think to curl up in not in the dark if you have an overactive (laughs) imagination but in the daytime and just it's just really beautiful And what's the second book? So my second book is a little bit uh, left field, shall okay. I say, because what I, for me, it's so, wait, before I tell you what the book is, there's a thing that's like I've been haunted by, like a, a ghost it feels like. Uh-huh. For quite a few years now, it's all I can think about. It's It like freaks me out all the time, but it's something that I feel like I can't talk about with everybody. It's only okay. specific people, so it feels pretty spooky. <laughs> So, <laughs> what Ooh. is spookier or scarier than the existential oh. threat <laughs> that the climate crisis poses for humans and the planet? <laughs> so, the reason that Jenny is laughing is because the book I'm holding is called The Climate Book. And it's been edited and curated by Greta Thunberg, our climate hero mascot. <laughs> And this is, is, so I've been reading this book. So this, uh, Through the Woods, like I've uh, re-read it like last year, but I haven't read it more recently. This one I've been reading over the last few weeks. And it's just made me really depressed. Jenny, I don't know what to tell you. It's very scary. It's a little bit like, um, you know, well, I'll talk to you more about the comparisons. I was thinking of like scary movies and the horror that is the climate crisis. But yes, I thought this was an apt and a surprising book. Definitely surprising. Uh I want to point out as well, the cover, if you took away, Mm -hmm. created by um, Greta Thunberg at the bottom, even just the climate book and the cover Mm -hmm. is actually quite scary. I can picture that Mm -hmm. with a different title on it being kind of... Yeah. Quite a scary book. So yeah. in oh. a strange way I can That's really interesting because you know, I thought so the cover is like it's like stripes of blues and oranges and whites. And I thought it looked quite friendly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so and like there's like it's like beautifully produced as well. So I'm just turning the pages for Jenny. It's a collection of short essays and I'll talk to, to you a little bit more about this. But there's like photos and things as well. And there's this one photo that I was looking at, which is just gorgeous. The sea and like rainbow things on the sea. And it was the oil spill, the worst oil oh. spill <laughs> in the world that's happened that's killed like the biodiversity of the region. However, I was just like, yeah. We're both optimistic people, so we mm-hmm. do see the rainbows where the other people might see. That's true. Oil slicks. Yeah, <laughs> yes. And it's just so like, I thought that this, but I love your interpretation of it because I suppose, like, I framed it for spooky season mm-hmm. so now it can be quite oh is this uh-huh. a wildfire is this the planet burning is like this all of us dying Stephen King's Carrie oh. just across the middle of that with those colours it kind of to oh, me that kind I of love goes, that. Yeah, I like that yeah, like yeah. a kind of modern cover of an older book absolutely oh I, mean. I love that okay so tell me about <laughs> your book and because mine's super depressing yes. so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the strange case of Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde 
I think everybody knows the story that there's this um, doctor, Dr Jekyll, who experiments with things to try and change his personality um, and a bad person comes out of that and it's like that kind of a thing. There's been loads and loads of different interpretations on the television and things like that. But reading the short story, it's kind of set in Victorian London and straight away you get that whole kind of pea super mess. Mm. You expect Jack the Ripper to jump out at you at any point. It's very atmospheric. For all that it's written so long ago, um, and it is a short story, you still do feel that kind of, like you want to kind of look over your shoulder. Um, and it's basically, the, the main character is a lawyer um, who knows Dr Jekyll through various um, things. Um, and it progresses from him finding out about this Mr Hyde because he's the one that does the will for Dr Jekyll. And the will is very strange. It says, if I die, everything goes to Mr Hyde. If I disappear for three months or more, everything goes to Mr Hyde. So Mr Utterson, the mm-hmm. lawyer, kind of thinks, is there something in this? Mm-hmm. Is he, you know, is Mr Hyde know about this? Is mm-hmm. he going to kill Mr yeah. Dr Jekyll? Because he doesn't know it's the same person yeah, at that yeah. point. Um, but you kind of, as you progress through the story, you realise that it is the same person. And basically... Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, in the story, it kind of explains that a wee bit more than any version I've seen. Yeah. And that... Dr Jekyll couldn't, um, like he can he has two sides to him, like everybody does, and most people they kind of put their bad side, mm-hmm. you know, in their head, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the nasty things they want to say about people or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they kind of put that to the back. Mm-hmm. He can't marry those two together, so what he's trying to do is take away the bad part of him. Um, to kind of go and do, because he's quite happy for him to go and do bad things, and leave you know the better part behind um so this he does this through very experiments um using very weird and wonderful things that look very fabulous on screen lots of test tubes and things yeah. like that um and doc mr hyde is the the, the bad um, part of him when he comes out he's younger and he's smaller and he's quite malformed in his way um because he is the bad part mm. of him um, and the first time you kind of realise that he is bad is basically he walks down the street a kid run, runs out in front of him and he tramples over the kid and just keeps going oh. so he doesn't have that a moral compass yes, of any uh-huh, sort yeah. um, and then you know there's not pitchforks or anything but you know the local people go hold, hold on a minute mm-hmm. um, so he kind of realises he's done something wrong he goes and he gets a big cheque for the family to kind of pay them off and say sorry but really he's just paying them off mm-hmm. um, and the cheque is drawn as Dr Jekyll um, so things start kind of ah. coming together um, and then there's um, a big murder um, and again obviously this is uh, Mr Hyde his bad parts come out and he's done this it's not really explained why he does it to this particular person mm. um, I'm sure you know there's probably a backstory there somewhere yeah um, and then it all comes to head, um, and basically, he doesn't need the potion anymore for Mr. The Hyde. Uh-huh, yeah. So and basically, he starts turning into him all the time. Mm. He kind of wakes up, um, and he's him, and he's not quite sure what's happened the night before, kind of a thing. Um, 
and oh that's so fascinating and horrifying yes now there's obviously a lot behind this story um you know there's a big bit at the beginning it kind of gives you you know pointers and things like that and it's kind of talking about as you say moral compasses and mm-hmm. you know the victorian era mm-hmm. you know how they felt about certain things yeah. and i think victorians were kind of quite repressed right, in their way right. um and this was kind of a way to yeah like break those shackles uh-huh, yeah um but yeah it, it was a story i read in one go um at night um with the light very much on mm-hmm. <laughs> um oh that like i love that because like you're absolutely right i knew nothing about the story i've not even i don't think watched any adaptations of it it's just but it's such a part of the cultural consciousness with Dr. Jekyll and Dr. Hyde just because I I don't even know when I first heard yeah. of it it's like it's always there uh-huh. and you sort of find an entry point into it and of course it immediately made me think of the hulk from the marvel <laughs> movies yes. because you know like that's become the sort of current cultural like mainstream thing mm-hmm. and also really interesting when you talked about how he wants the bad parts to be divorced from him but in the marvel movies like with hulk and uh, what's his name the doctor as well who has an un- bannerman uh, yes bannerman bruce bannerman who has a ridiculous number of phd's he has seven yeah. phd's <laughs> do you know how long it takes to get one phd you must have started when he was 12 or well, something yes well <laughs> but like he i think sort of has to learn how to coexist with like it's less monstrous like it starts off like oh he's this monster and angry and whatever but he has to learn that he's actually a part of me and how you learn to live with that which obviously in this i don't think no, that it is no he never is. got there he never yeah. kind of worked out how he has to live with both of them yeah mm. but i also wonder how much this influenced you know these because this is like an old book yeah yep. and at that time i'm sure it was shockingly modern and like even in terms of you know like with frankenstein yeah. as well like all these things that were science fiction but now it's like oh this old timey sort yeah. of thing but at that time like the victorian or pre victorian thing it must have been like just sort of re- so yeah like the imaginations of people how it must have shifted yeah, i imagine well. you know somebody reading this in 1868 mm-hmm. or whenever it was um, published was quite um taken aback yeah and the way these things are written even if you read a Jane Austen a lot of the stuff references stuff that's happening at that time absolutely and it's kind of lost on yeah. people reading things yeah. now unless they know the history i think it's the same with this i think if you knew more about that era yeah. what was going on yeah. you know politically and socially yeah. um i think you would possibly realize there's even more to it than yeah. you get out of it but knowing nothing um, yeah. you know you still need it and it's still exactly because your story. current sort of political social cultural things or how either they've changed or things that have been the same or just think you know it's just like such an interesting way to think through that with a book like yeah. this like even like things like moral compasses and things like you see so much like in the climate book <laughs> you know where they're talking about some people have absolutely zero like even in the sense that like maybe not like you're not murdering somebody in yeah. front of you but actually you're murdering the, the future <laughs> and the planet yeah so you know just it's a, i i i would think this would be an excellent book for like a book club or absolutely. a discussion sort of thing absolutely. because different people would be bringing different things into it. Oh, it sounds yeah. fascinating. I think I want to 
I think I want to read it, Jenny. Yeah. Um, some of the other stories in it as well, I kind of dipped into them. Some of them are only a few pages long. Yeah. They're very short stories. Yeah. Um, but that one, you know, is the one that, that people know. It's like Christmas Carol is actually a short story. Yeah. You know, but there's been so many adaptations of it that you think of it as being a bigger story yeah is, if that makes sense but even the way that it is in this book it doesn't say it's a collection of short stories on the cover it no. just says it's a strange case of dr jekyll and mr hyde and then it's like a fattish not fat but it's like a sort of regular sized mm-hmm. book i think and that is all that this story that, that is, is. <laughs> yeah also they're like oh wait we're getting you in through this <laughs> yes, but you have uh-huh. to work through yes. <laughs> um, and obviously robert louis stevenson was scottish um so though this is set in london you still kind of get that but some of the other short stories are kind of um some of them are like spooky stories as well and they're set in scotland at different times there's one about a witch and things like that oh wow Um, and i might go back and kind of dip into them again yeah Um, but they do leave that story to the last oh Um, yeah kind of feel as if you have to read everything else to get there yeah um but yes to come back to b's um whole point it was quite spooky it did kind of leave you going oh so yeah, I like I think the atmospheric nature of it. I that's what I really liked about Through the Woods as well, mm-hmm. because there isn't like it's very much a suggestion of things. You know, it's like implied. Obviously, it's like visually represented, mm-hmm. but it's like a lot of the work you're doing. Even though it's a graphic novel, the imagination and the spookiness comes from what you're imagining. I think a lot of horror, mm-hmm. like good horror, I think does that. Like. You're it not being behind the scenes, uh-huh, doesn't uh-huh. it? In your imagination. Yeah, and like nothing that somebody else would write for definite would match up to all the different things that you imagine. Exactly. You know, so and that's what I really like. So of course, there's like like really creepy illustrations and stuff. Some of it is quite gory, but most of it is through the colors, like lots of blacks and reds and this atmospheric nature of it which is really beautiful so which is why and like just a bit unsettling at some point and then you're just like waiting to see what happens <laughs> i would absolutely recommend we have a copy of this in the library not in Coatbridge, but you can request it so yeah i would for for sure recommend this it one. is a lovely lovely cover mm-hmm. um and you, you said before that it's kind of influenced by people like um grim mm-hmm. and, and people forget that the brothers grim's original stories exactly were not the sugar-coated ones that we have absolutely and like they served a different purpose they are like exactly like at that time because it was more oral storytelling and it was more like sharing knowledge through stories in a very real way so you don't want to go out into the woods by yourself because you don't know what's there you don't and like people strangers all the sort of social cultural norms of that time came through in these stories Mm -hmm. and it's a little bit of that so it's a little bit like old-fashioned but also modern which I feel like the book yeah like Jekyll and Hyde also sounds a bit like even though it is old it can be made new again which is really interesting so now I shall come to talk about (laughs) I've taken a deep breath so it's something like I said I am like completely very sort of terrified by what's happening going on in the world and I'm usually a really optimistic uh-huh. person but sometimes thinking about it just especially this book so it's like a collection it's uh, five um, sections and I very much skimmed over like the first couple uh, of sections because they were too scientific for me like I like 
narratives and i'm i'm like convinced of the science i don't need to be like i don't yeah. need proof i'm like like yeah but they the, know what they're talking yeah, about yeah exactly so, like yes yeah. i i i believe you but for other people they might like to know the science the graphs the stats which is all for me it was like it's really boring which is unfortunate <laughs> but then the second the like the last three were like people people from all over the world so greta thunberg used her name and her sort of um I guess popularity and her connections to uh, invite different kinds of people right so they could be climate activists they could be students they could be scientists they could so be journalists voices. lots of different voices from different parts of the world including parts of the world that are going through the climate crisis so it's mm-hmm. not a future thing mm-hmm. it's like it's aff- affecting them now and also how they like for example one of them was bangladesh which is really close to the country that i am from india like we're just neighbors and but the sort of poverty levels and the deprivation is really uh, stark there but the kinds of things that their people are doing to prepare actually feels much more forward then things that are happening here like if something ha- you know like the floods that happened a couple of weeks ago if that was our reality every sort of like day we we're not i don't think we're prepared no, for we're definitely not yeah we're definitely not so whereas in that in that case because they've like they've had to so it's like a whole thing it's community it's government it's and it talks about like different examples like that as well but it's like really depressing because <laughs> i mean it's i i guess it's a, a sort of like the narrative is like depressing 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 hope question mark <laughs> because it talks about so like the comparison that i had when i was reading this to a horror movie is like you know in the beginning in horror movies when people go off by themselves mm-hmm. yes. they're usually the first people to die yes. but <laughs> you do shout at them I, exactly you're like you, have you, you not watched see? horror movies before <laughs> do you not know you're not supposed to but that's what like it talks about that you need to work with not just like your country or city or state or whatever but like globally like and you need to work with people which is what a lot of the examples here were like because it can feel so impossible yeah. you know like what is one person doing like you know when there's like the top sort of 1% of people who are taking private jets every day or like you know just like doing things that we would never like yeah. in our whole lives we have like no. carbon budgets and all this thing is nonsense but Exact. There are lots of examples. Well, not a lot. There are a few examples of people actually coming together and working in different ways and sort of like it's. I I found it less hopeful than the podcast <laughs> that I want to talk about, which is called How to Save a Planet, which I love. I feel like that is such a. I mean, I guess this was accessible in to certain degrees, but it just completely wiped my. <laughs> mental like i had to go to pollock country park in glasgow on saturday and cuddle some highland cows to heal myself <laughs> to like look at the autumn sort of autumnness of the trees and like the beauty and just like people and we like oh my god yeah we have some things to say i think you always need hope even if you're watching a horror movie mm-hmm. or something there's always that bit of hope yeah that, you know this doesn't somebody will <laughs> what so like that that's the thing i think that Greta Thunberg doesn't really believe in passive hope mm-hmm. and like she so it's like she's created the book and she's edited it and her sort of um editorials kind of interspersed throughout the book and she does make that really clear she's like I don't think we have time for hope it'll get better without and everybody doing something about it in whatever ways they can which I do agree with mm-hmm. to a certain extent but 
in how to save a planet so you can listen to it on like spotify or whatever it's free and it was started by um a journalist alex bloomberg and a marine biologist uh, ayana elizabeth johnson i want to say <laughs> might be wrong but that one so talks about so i'll, I'll read you the um basically their pitch for it because that one makes me actually feel much more hopeful because so it says climate change we know it can feel too overwhelming but what if there was a show about climate change that left you feeling energized one so filled with possibility that you actually wanted to listen um uh, join us journalist alex bloomberg and a crew of climate nerds as we bring you smart inspiring stories about the mess that we're in and how we can get ourselves out of it. See, that sounds hopeful. That sounds kind exactly. of... Exactly. We can do things. Yeah, and like it's sort of... It's a way of, uh, you know, just... Like it doesn't sort of sugarcoat things. It, sa- it doesn't say... Like it, you know, sort of explored one of the episodes about recycling and how most stuff that we recycle doesn't, doesn't get, get recycled. recycled. But not that's not to say you shouldn't recycle, but that's to say that you need to like, you know, vote people that who share your ethos or whatever or like, yeah, write to your MPs. Like, but they have all these actionable things that they like talk about and they're like, not everybody needs to do everything mm-hmm. because that would completely drain you out. Yeah. Like not everybody needs to go be like at a protest. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, there's different ways that you can contribute and talking about it so i find it very difficult to talk about the climate crisis because of how much i'm freaked out by it mm-hmm. so i thought this was a good platform <laughs> to Excellent. start yes. yes just like i mean it must be a small it might be a really small platform in terms of you know how many people listen how many people will even like be interested but i want like i think it's like my one step to want to like I want to share online but it just feels so personal but it's not no. obviously because it's impacting so many people yeah. yeah but you know it it's like also I think a topic that's really it shouldn't be but it's it can be really controversial because either people don't want to listen because they're like um, oh you know this is like this is just like sort of for people who uh, like don't have anything better to do or whatever or they're like, oh, it's too um, impossible, so I just want to ignore it, which I understand both ways. So, which is why I think like this book, it would be good for someone who's already, I guess, convinced mm-hmm. and wants to sort of look at different voices because it is a lot from like different countries. So it's not just the UK and the US and Sweden, but like different countries and how people are managing and what they're thinking about. I think that's really interesting. But I think the podcast is a super accessible way for people who might be like, okay, yeah, okay, I'll give it a shot, I suppose. And like, I'll see what people have to say. But but are not fully like committed one way or the other and look listening to those voices mm-hmm. in a way that's more I think approachable mm-hmm. and how if you want to join in you can and they make it like obviously there is like it's serious but it's also there's room for joy and yeah. laughter and fun and hope mm-hmm. which is what I think so like this is something that I uh, researched for my PhD mm-hmm. Uh, which I only have one of, not seven, <laughs> like Bruce Banner. Um, but uh, it, like Hope Punk mm-hmm. is the sci-fi genre, sci- science fiction and fantasy genre, which is basically like it's a micro genre, which is basically like, okay, the world is terrible, but there are still people trying to make it better. 
and there's not going to be this one end of utopia where everybody everything is going to get fixed and everybody's going to be happy there's always going to be something so it's just finding ways to work together in ways that work for everybody and sort of so like i feel like that podcast is a very hope punk yeah. podcast <laughs> and it is and like i think be being a potted plant yes would very much appreciate the world being saved absolutely. for little bits absolutely so, i think um as you say, it's not one person's going to make a change. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to have to play their part. But it can be difficult to find that part that you can play. Absolutely. Um, and I do also think personally, you know, it needs to be bigger companies that are looking at things. So I like the Formula One. Mm-hmm. Formula One is trying to become carbon neutral. Yeah. Know, and things like that. You know, it needs to be on a big scale like that as well as mm-hmm. the smaller people. Exactly. Um, you know, like cutting out plastic bottles in your bathroom and things like yeah. that you know mm-hmm. use soap instead of shower gel yeah. you know we can do but we can't as an individual create such big things yeah. to happen just by ourselves especially so. because we're not responsible for uh like even in rich countries like you know the uk is a rich country and scotland is a rich country but even within it the wealth is not equally distributed and the power is not equally distributed so it is but i suppose like what i really like about the podcast and like the book has that as well towards the end is that more people for like you know the more people that this matters to and they're talking about it in different ways not just in like you know i don't like the kind of activism that says my way or yes. no way like uh-huh. you have to follow this way i don't think that's very welcoming of people who you want to welcome into the movement mm-hmm. um but this is more like oh like you know let's figure this out together and there's room for different beliefs there's room for different kinds of ways of doing things but we're just like um yeah like i i guess changing the mainstream cultural yeah. imagination through yeah. whatever way this is a very small way but it's a step you know like maybe there's somebody who's listening who's like i thought i was alone i thought i was the only <laughs> one worrying about the climate no, exactly. and, but it is it is to, to bring it back to to be's um, mm-hmm. you know topic it is scary mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. you know not yeah. as scary perhaps possibly as um, immediate scariness yeah. like a horror mm-hmm. movie yeah but it's yeah i think it's in the back of everybody's mind yeah you know um so being haunted by the ghost of the climate yes. crisis <laughs> so this is a way to like fight back. like i'm getting all the people together I'm like no no don't go off by yourself exactly. we need to figure this exactly. out together yes. but yes yeah, so that that's my book for today i think we should be pretty happy with our I very different so. um, yes <laughs> interpretation absolutely mm-hmm. i think she will be so do you um, know what do you have you any news about next time yes, episode so i think she's a bit fed up with us talking about um retellings and things like that so she's going to give us a whole episode on reimagine retellings Ooh. so that we can talk about things that we like incredible um, so i'm sure the one after that will not be as kind to us um, uh, yeah <laughs> well we already talked about retellings a bit like the hulk yes retelling, and this one as well through the woods like you know sort of kind of like you can see a little bit of blue beard a little bit of yeah a little bit of things so yeah oh i can't yeah. wait this is gonna be i think my favorite my, it might be my favorite episode unless i choose a depressing book and depress please don't choose us. a depressing book no more climate change books thanks very much every other episode of the, like wholesome depressing wholesome depressing yeah yeah but yes it was lovely chatting with you yes, jenny as always yep and bye bye